everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, episode number 17. Nature is the visible face of spirit, yet we often walk this earth half asleep, totally disconnected from nature and all the medicinal benefits it may bring us. Shamanic practitioner, healer and druid Thomas Marty is on the show to generously share his incredible knowledge of the land, our ancestry wherever you are in the world and the importance of working in harmony with the natural world. Thomas specialises in a spiritual practice known as Ogham Tree Healing, working with the spirits of the trees and channeling their energy in order to facilitate self-healing and healing for others. As a shamanic practitioner, Thomas teaches that trauma can energetically imprint upon the body and express itself in physical manifestation leading to illness. By using the shamanic techniques of power loss, soul loss and spirit release work, it is possible to gain a spiritual toolkit that will serve you for the rest of your life. Grab a coffee or a glass of water. This episode is incredibly empowering and you will never again walk on this earth without being mindful that everything is alive with spirit. I'm in the Psychic Matters studio today with Thomas Marty, shamanic practitioner and druid. Tom, welcome to Psychic Matters. Hello, hello. How are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Yeah, I've got lovely. A glass of water. Um, yeah, great. I've just been out for a walk, so yeah, I feel really wonderful. How are you? I'm great. I got up this morning and I had to polish off the last 30 ones that I'm making, so I had to give them the final lick of polish um, wow. so. wands that's, wands. Yes, that's incredibly interesting I want to ask you about your work making wands as well where would you like to start Tom with all the work that you do I think it all started sitting in the front room aged around 51 thinking where am I going in my life what am I doing I'd been or I am a Reiki master Reiki Karuna master I've, I've done the uh, Federation of Spiritual Healing healing course I've done so many different courses and healing I've sat in circles I've done all those things and there was something still missing what what was missing in my life now I'm there I'm married um, three lovely children work's going fine What's still missing? And it's always this has always been the thing in my life, and it's to do with the spirit. What is the communication? Why isn't it sort of why isn't it working? Or is it working? And there's times it does work, and that's brilliant. But there's an emptiness. What is the emptiness? How can I fill that? So I sat there and I thought, well, what's next, Thomas? And a little voice said, shamanic healing. And I went, well, that's interesting because I sat on um, in a circle probably two years before where this very scary lady came decked in silver bracelets, big, enormous blonde hair and sort of just silver everywhere. And she she was lovely. She was big. She was full of energy and just talked about shamanism or shamanism. And, uh, and I thought, oh, that sounds a bit scary. It's flying all over the universe and just, you know, can you come back or, or the spirit world and that? 
But this thought came into my head. I said, okay, well, let's, let's have a look at it. YouTube, um, Shamanic Healing, a couple of sites came up and then one saying the Sacred Trust in Dorset. And it rang a bell. There was an affinity straight away. Read the web website. And I thought, yep, yeah, this is it. This is the place for me to go, to train. So I looked them up and you do a, an introductory course to check whether you can journey. Journey is a way of working or navigating the uh, the spirit world in a shamanic way or world they have the upper world the lower world the middle world the middle world is spirit uh enveloping or interact um, interacting with physical reality the upper world you're working with spirits that tend to come through in human form all wise or loving or compassionate um and they will be the teachers in, in many ways the lower world you're working more with the power animals that would come through in as they say in animal form and work you with protection um, help you with your healing uh, aspects of your healing work um, so we did that course and again I found wow yeah this works this is brilliant this is so exciting and it's something that I've not had in any of the other projects or courses that I've been involved in this was oh like I'm seeing this I'm feeling this this is real to me so I did a couple of courses, weekend courses with the Sacred Trust up in London. And then I applied for the three-year shamanic practitioner training. I was accepted and then started three years of training. On the very first component, you go there, you dig a grave. Um, you also do a number of other rituals and rites, which we won't talk about. But the grave was fantastic because you dig a grave and I'm quite a big guy. So mine tended to was five foot deep three foot three, four foot wide and you cover it with a small little hole for breath and we spent the night in there and you commune with mother earth with a goddess wow. you talk of your life as much as you can remember good the bad the ugly what comes up and you're honest what a beautiful opportunity to speak from from your, the deepest part of you to um, get anything you want to get out. You can sing, you can move as much as you can, and everybody would get a different experience. So I can only really speak about my experience where I saw a wolf at different uh, stages throughout the evening or the night. It was quite far away. Then the next time it was close, and then it was closer, and then I journeyed on what is the wolf, and it was my ancestral clan. So my clan of ancestors is the wolf. Or the wolf clan and from that sort of you take that into other um you learn about what is illness where does illness come from and in the physical world and it starts as we know in spirit and it sort of comes and manifests into the physical now when it's in spirit sort of um or at that side of ourselves if you like it's when we are either when we're working with spirit we are powerful we are full of spirit we are full of power and again, with your allies, you can have as many allies as you wish or that wish to work with you. Um, they can be gods and goddesses. They can be the power animals. They can be expressly for extraction work when you're pulling energy that no, that shouldn't be in the body or there's no need to be in the body anymore. You're pulling that out for soul retrieval. And that's with trauma work. We all have trauma from stubbing your toe in the morning or in the middle of the night through to major life issues, breakups, accidents illnesses and with the soul retrieval we would go out into spirit to find those parts of the soul essence that wish to come back at this moment in time to work with your client we bring them back they bring back energies with them or gifts um, we find out what they are we also find the reasons why they left as well 
Now, spirit tends to speak in metaphor or in symbols. So sometimes the information we get sort of, and again, it's all done for the client, for the client's point of view. It's not me and my journey. I am just doing the journey for the client. So all the messages, everything comes back as a package for the client to read, to understand. We don't interpret it because that can um, water it down. That can make it sort of inconsequential in the sense that sort of how they interpret it. It's very easy to say, oh, I don't get it. I don't, I don't want to know what it is and put it in drawers. Whereas if you look at the work and, and as you know with, with psychic work, give it time, things come, come out to the conscious level. We look at psychopomping or depossession. Most people, I'm afraid to say, are carrying, I will call them energy, but entities, if you want to call them entities, um, shades, all sorts of things. And again, we, we go in and work either face-to-face or I've done a lot of this work distant as in a distant healing and remembering that everything is energy everything is vibration and when you break it down on that level and you're working with spirit you're working with the allies who are very powerful and the idea is that we work as a team i'm the physical side of it spirit is works in the spirit so together we can work long distance with the client we pull things out we sort of and then put energy and healing energy in curse removals things that are consistently happening in families um all the way down the line sort of oh this always happens to our family sort of why am i cursed and we laughingly say use that word but cursing especially in today's world as well is making a comeback it's those negative thoughts it's that now that guy there well he's a complete nutter and you direct their bows and arrows their spears um you walk down um a busy high street especially if, if you're in london and the amount of people, all those negative thoughts, all that negativity that's flying around, and we don't do enough protection. If we are protecting ourselves, and again, shamanically, we're consistently bringing in allies, different allies for different things, but your main 24-7 protection ally, you wear them like a coat, you're walking down, nothing can touch you. Stuff rebounds off. I've, I've been attacked and sort of psychically or entities trying to get in, and they bounce off, they don't get in because you are protected and it's that strong. So we, we pull things out, we put, put things in, we do a lot of divination work, we teach people how to journey for messages for themselves. You can get direct revelation from the gods and goddesses or from spirit. And then you get lots of, not, I use the word spin-offs, it's not spin-offs as such, but a lot of women shamanic practitioners will do a lot of work, especially with the feminine, the divine feminine. And it's really, really positive, strong work. And we're slowly now starting getting some shamanic men doing uh, work for male groups. Uh, and it's all because we've lost our links in this modern world with all this, with our divinity, with the, with the, with the divine inside, with the, with the sacred spiritual. Religions across the world are sort of uh, are imploding because for years they've just not, they've got caught up in their own power games in many ways um and it's not about the people anymore it's about institutions it's about money it's it's about power we as individuals owe it to ourselves because we create the world around us so instead of blaming other people take responsibility and anyone and everyone can do this wow that's a lot that's fascinating because some of the things that you talk about are very different opinions to my own and very different ways that I look at the world. So I'm fascinated to have this conversation with you just to see how we both look at, um, you know, both being spiritual beings and light workers working in very different ways. So um, let's go to 
the grave that you dug. Can I go back to that part, Tom? Because this is very interesting to me. Uh, I know that um, in the Toltec community, they would have re- re- what they call recapitulation, where they would build a box and they would get inside the box and have a similar experience to you where they're going back to their childhood they're reliving all the traumas and all anything that comes all of that sort of stuff and they spend some time in the box to cleanse and then they burn the box afterwards so they burn hearing so that sounded similar um so what we also do with on uh, around that time, the thing, the bit I didn't say was that we also work with the ego of the aspiring shaman. So we do that in a certain ritual that takes place where you look again, you create something which is full of maybe the negative side of yourself, the ego, the things that are sort of um, you know you would like to get rid of. It is a sort of a way of cleansing. You create that, and then there's a whole ritual which I'm not really. I can't say about because it's again it's it's a piece of work and it's it's a secret piece of work to do with, with the sacred trust but with that you are confronting your ego you are getting rid of your ego and it's all done in a very safe way yeah. but it's a very very powerful way yes. I mean I remember sitting on the side of the um the hall thinking oh, I'm going to get called up in a minute what can I say and I was thinking <laughs> The very bad part of me was, or maybe the ego part of me was saying, um, well, you could say this, and that sounds interesting. And, mm, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, because then, then I'm so interesting to all the other people on the course. Yeah. Suddenly, um, Simon looked at me, and as soon as he looked at me, the energy dropped out of me. <laughs> or should I say, feel, I was suddenly filled with this sort of, um, uh, you can't run, mister. You can't hide. This is truth. And I stood up, and as I stood up, everything shifted for me. And there was this, this, and I had to come out, and I had to speak from my heart. And buckets of tears, buckets of tears, truth being told, recognition, and also words of advice saying, this isn't the whole healing, put it in with the burial later. So there, there is, um, yeah, look at the ego, work with the ego, get rid of what's not needed. But again, done in a safe, practical way. Standing there with your, you know, you've cried and you've gone through this whole yeah. experience, you're stripped back, as it were. And so yeah, you yeah. back to your soul self. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, sort of at, at that stage, we, we're not really told what it is. You're just having that experience. Um, but there's no, there is no hiding and there's no thought of hiding. Once you're up on that, that podium, that stage doing that work and and i would say sort of it's this the same when i work as a healer when i work as a whatever way as a shaman or as a druid or whatever when you power up there's no hiding you you sort of well, there's no falseness there you are full of spirit power and it's it's the most powerful thing i've ever experienced yeah to go back to who you truly are that's very interesting and you also talked about uh, the shamans believing that there is an upper a lower and a middle yeah their world and that reminds me of a tribe in africa called the pedaha tribe and they are the most little studied tribe in the world and this missionary went to stay with this tribe and he was trying to convert them to his uh, christian religion and anyway that's another story but they very much believed in this upper world and the lower world 
and that they lived between the two. So when they were asleep, they were in the other world. And when they were awake, they were in this world. It's fascinating. So there's a similarity there. When we're trained, sort of um, modern Western shamanic teachings come from a guy called Michael Harner, who is an American anthropogenist. Um, Polygenist. <laughs> that word. We study, study tribes, groups, people, or people, should we say. Well, he went down to South America and he was studying with, with his tribe and they kept this, um, this is in, in a nutshell, um, they kept disappearing into this cave and you thought, well, what were they doing in there? So when I had a look and realised they were having a mystical experience. And I can't remember now, and I don't want to get it wrong, I think the first few times they were doing it, they were taking, um, like, ayahuasca, that type of um, ivy drink to help them uh, trans, transcend or, or, or move into that space. But he quickly realised that drumming, you could, you could reach the same state. It's not a trance, but it's, it's altering the brain waves. Yes. So four to seven beats a second, bang, 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 bang. Um, and once you've learnt how to move into what we call is, our world we call ordinary reality. Spirit world is non-ordinary reality, and then you go to the upper world and the lower world, or you can do middle world journeys. Michael Hana. Yeah. So yeah, and and he developed this sort of um, the, the, the drumming technique. Um, my teacher learned with him back in the seventies or eighties or what it was. Brought it back over here, and again, it, as with all teaching, it develops. But the basically the four tenets are the same. You work with the drum. Once you learn that you can journey upper world, lower world, middle world journey, you're meeting with the spirits of these worlds. You, it's up to you what you do with that. So if you go for the proper training in the sense with the, with the shamanic schools, they will teach you how to, to uh, heal using you know, the things that I just said, the extraction, soul retrieval, psychopomp, possession, curse removal, taboos. Um, but also to how to divine, to work in divination in different ways and whatever else, ancestral, ancestral work, feminine work or masculine work. It, and, and that's the joy of it. It, it is evolving. Yeah, that, that is the joy of it. Tell me about soul retrieval then, because that interests me as well. Okay. I have done a weekend of shamanic practitioner work, maybe not shamanic practitioner, but shamanic, uh, it was just a shamanic weekend, I think. Okay. And I found it fascinating because we went on these soul journeys. But yeah. tell me a little bit more about retrieving a soul and why do parts of the soul leave and where do they go? Okay, so I've done this now for God knows how many times, a million times. The premise is the same. I've been, I, get, I do a diagnostic journey for the client. One of the things that comes up now and again is soul retrieval. They are powerless. They need to, to reclaim some of their energy. So my intention is to journey into the upper world, lower world, or into spirit, to find the soul part for client's name that wishes to come back and work with them at this moment in time. Now, the, if, if the person suffered trauma, as I said before, they could be, it could be as little as stubbing your toe, something major happening in your life, a little part of your soul essence, to, it's, it's almost like a safety factor, will fly off. Because if, if we keep hold of all the energy and it's all trauma, it can all be too much. If you look at the animal world, you see when an animal is attacked by an, another animal, they'll give up. Bang. Yes. Now, a lot of them will sort of, bits will fly off and they'll run away and they, they will be saved. Hooray, there they live. Mm -hmm. And then what they do is they, they lie on their back. You watch them, the big cats and things like that, and rub. 
And that brings a lot of their soul part. They're getting back into the physical world. So maybe that's something we should do after you've suffered wrong. Not lie on the floor and rub, but it's that sort of physical contact. Go and get a massage, rub your back. Get back into the physical world because if you're living in the emotional, mental world, sort of um, all the trauma that you were then creating or acknowledging will manifest. Right. When we do sort of get um, emotional issues, problems, mental, that they do end up coming through into the physical body. So just backtracking, we go off. So there's, so I, 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 I use a rattle because it's easier. Uh, I just prefer a rattle. Rattle, I'll give my intention. I visually see myself spinning wherever. It could be out in the universe. It could be anywhere behind waterfalls and water in the mud, behind a tree doesn't really matter but i'm led to a place where there's a and then i'll see that person aged whatever so i'll say oh jeffrey are you there and then a face might appear out of the mud and say yes i'm here i'll say how old are you then jeffrey and jeff goes well i'm three years old and i'm really peeved off because no one's listening to me and they're not feeding me and blah 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 and it's all too much so you can get them as young as three as a baby i've even had them coming from cell parts that come out the womb for specific reasons all the way through to however they are old now, however old they are now. Different cell parts, different ages. They give me the reason why they left. And I say, okay, fine. And you know that sort of, um, you'd like to come back because Jeffrey could really do with a hand now and sort of wants to move on. And the soul part says, yeah, sure, fine, brilliant. What I want to bring back is, and then it will give me um, a strength, a gift, and another positivity that it wants to bring back and give to the person. Right. So it gives that list. I then sort of gather up in my crystal. Now we use clear crystals because they work in the upper world and lower world. So we collect the soul part up. You can do it with your hand if you haven't got um, one of the crystals. You come back and you blow it into the client's heart chakra and head chakra. I then rattle around. I see it moving in um, and, and that part is then delivered back to the client. So is there a benefit to parts of the soul leaving do you think so that later in the your human life you can come back and bring a gift with you is there a benefit to that do you think they tend to come back at the right time these parts yeah so it's it's like a bank in one sense that things that do fly off bits do come back because after a few days of trauma you start to feel your old self again where you where you've said I stand beside well I feel beside myself when we start to sort of come back we we sort of feel ourselves becoming one again yeah. and that's that's because you're probably split from the physical and your etheric or the astral body has just shifted out so you're just bringing it all back in back in line interesting because I think our soul doesn't just reside here in the physical I think we reside in the spirit world as well, and other realms. I don't feel we're yeah. all here in this human self. So I think there's so much more to the soul that we think it's just this one thing. I'd, I'd agree with you. I, I think the soul is truly marvellous, beautiful. It works on many different levels, um, dimensions. It then links up, of course, with soul group. It links up with others. And, of course, it's all part of the, of the one great divine, which, again, sort of how much we are trained as a shamanic practitioner and we call ourselves shamanic practitioners rather than shamans because the idea being that it's your community that would call you a shaman so we in the west are getting trained it'd be too egotistical of us to sort of say we are shamans 
because you know sort of I did a course a three-year course and now I'm living this you know, this life and my community which well you know sort of you slowly make your community with the people that you work with over the years and they're probably not all from your area so it's a different it's, it's a, and, and in today's world it's very much a virtual community as well yeah it is certainly at the moment it is and t- tell me about psychopomp. What does that word mean? Psychopomp is a Greek word that means it's just like a mover on of souls. Um, uh, it's uh, depossession as well. They sort of come together as one. So what we will find or what we've found in people will be the human entities that have sort of come back in for whatever reason. Again, if, if we will acknowledge that we are energy, it's that thing of um, an energy form finding um something resonates with your energy and they might pop in they might like see the light around you and want a part of that it might just feel safe there might be a bit of, a bit worse than that it might be something that are not very nice and have just come in and it might be something that you picked up outside a real grungy pub you know and, and they want to come back and have a drink with you you know <laughs> this is where my my current thinking is different to yours. So, yeah. and of course, I say that because we're always evolving and changing as we learn more and more. So I, I keep a very open mind about everything. But I'm currently, I find it difficult to to accept or believe in something can be attached to me or that yeah. there is a negative entity because that's not within my experience. So I'm very interested to hear you talk about that. Mm. We, okay, so just to move it a bit further, things, other things that I've ended up pulling out of people will be nature spirits. Um, again, sort of picked up as you're walking through um, nature or through the city or, or wherever. Well, a nature spirit could be anything that you can know of the fate. Um, and that also goes down. Um, some of that are, are the demons that people talk about. I don't know too much about that. And so talking about that side of things would be out of my experience, but I've taken a few demons out of people. What, when you um, demon, do you mean a black thing with horns on its head? Or what is, what is your... Well, however it wants to show itself or however I pick it up, I just pick it up as an energy. I know, so it's an energy form that doesn't need to be in this person, shouldn't be in this person. So let's, you know, and I am told that through my guides, they do the work, we pull it out. So that's a good explanation of demon then, an energy form that doesn't need to be in the person. rather. Same as in houses or whatever. Energy is energy and, you know, vibration is vibration. Who are we that have lived upon this earth in in, in this modern world, you know, for a thousand, two thousand, three thousand years? The Earth's history goes back, you know, 40,000, 400,000, where, where people have lived on the things that have happened on this land, yeah. either natural or man-made. So energy is energy. And if you disturb stuff, it can bring that energy up. Fascinating. Because I was thinking this morning, when I moved into this house, which is a rented house in Suffolk, something has, had happened. I could just sense it in the kitchen by the washing machine. It just felt like there'd been an argument or something in the air. Yeah. Every time I stood there, I felt, oh, something's gone on here. Yeah. So mm. that's within a physical space. And you're talking about within the human space. So how would you take something, if you're just going for a walk in the woods, huh? <laughs> do you make sure you don't take anything home with you? I, I would say, again, it's intention protection. And again, if, if you sort of walk, if you're working with your heart, 
if you if you sort of like um if you're walking around in a loving beautiful sort of way you're going to be protected yes but what but what are why would they what are these things of these energetic forms and why would they attach themselves to a passing human being sometimes it's just have a bit of fun you know, it, it's we, we can come up with all the nefarious reasons that we like, but sometimes it's we from the human point of view. We also say, um, "There's aliens out there looking at us." Well, there's aliens in us sometimes as well because they come interdimensional. And so, what best better way to look at somebody than from the inside to experience what's going on? Well, I can understand that yeah. from my work, Tom, because when I'm doing trance mediumship. Yeah. channeling from the spirit world then you're inviting spirit people in and you're literally blending with their spirit and asking them to put their face over your face their hands over your hands and then you're literally using they're using your eyes to look out at the world yeah. so i understand that aspect from my experience yeah but i'm finding it hard to look at it from an isn't it weird why is it so challenging for me I don't know. I mean, it's, it's that thing of, um, I, I sat there with people and how we would sort of say, well, you know, I've been told that there's some psychopomp or depossession work to do. So you can be drawn to parts of the body, but you might also say, where does it hurt in your body? Where is there a, a, a niche, a scratch, or, you know, something that isn't quite working? And you would take that as a starting point to, to bring whatever is in there out. Demon is an energy form that is unwanted within the physical space, rather like an that is unwanted within a house space or yeah. an environmental space. So I understand that. Well, you know, we've built these houses on land. We don't know the history of the land. Yes. You know, sort of nature spirits or, or just spirits in general sort of um, inhabit everything. Everything is alive with spirit. That's, that's how we see it. Hence that you can communicate with them um, and ask them to move on or, or move them on. We in shamanism or shamanic training uh, practitioner, we don't see anything as evil, nasty, horrible. You know, sort of they must be damned, very much yeah. like the church does. Damn them to the seventh pit of hell or whatever. That's bad. That's nasty. Just move it on to where it should be. Talk with it. Find out why it's there. And what sort of conversations do you have? Well, with the nature spirits, they can be hysterically funny because um, they'll, they'll, um, you can be sitting there talking to this, what is, comes across as a human entity who's had a very hard life and died in terrible, tragic circumstances back 100, 200 years ago or just 10 days ago, whatever. And then you say, right, right, it's time to move on now. So um, let, let's, are you ready to move on? And it goes, and then it just, and again, this is through the client speaking because you're asking the client to take um, just move to the what to the side and let the entity speak through them. And there's a way that the nature spirits sort of tend to laugh, or there's a look that suddenly comes over the person's face and you think, ah, this isn't who they say they are. And the nature spirits will have fun at your expense. And you can be there if you wanted to. You could be there for hours negotiating, talking about why it should move on and why it's the good for good for everybody and the universal law of sovereignty and blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes you just go, actually, we haven't got the time for this. So I'll just bring in one of my big allies, nature allies, who just comes in and says, and I just say, look who's behind me. Do you want to move or, you know, move with this fella and understand the rules, uh, the universal law of sovereignty? And it's done, it's completed. And sometimes the ally will take them straight away or the entity will agree to, to be moved. 
And what is the universal law of sovereignty? Well, the universal law of sovereignty is that you cannot interfere, move into the energy, or take over the energy, or try to get into that under person's um, energy field. Mm. But consciously, knowingly sort of move into it would be wrong. So sometimes you come across quite tragic cases where babies or old, older people or whatever have just gone in because they've loved the energy. They've felt the love of the person. Your clients who come to you, Tom, yeah. what... What results are they experiencing? What are they saying after a session with you? Most of them sort of would come back afterwards and say, well, I slept, I've never slept like that before. That's the first time I've been at peace and that's carried on through into the next day and into the next week. Physical ailments that have, they've been suffering from for a number of years sometimes are completely cleared or sort of um, you might, we might go back and have a second session if it's not quite gone. To finish, to finish the work off. Generally, a lighter because you're cleansing the, the you're cleansing their energy form, so it tends to be a lighter, feeling better. And if it's a specific ailment, illness, or whatever, if it's a hundred percent, it's a hundred percent positive result. Sometimes you might need to go back a couple of times um, with someone to shift that along. Uh, sometimes, I've, you know, sort of you get a good seventy-five percent of it working. There might be so much there after a lifetime of living in a certain way. You're not going to get 100% sort of um, miracle cure. Yeah, of course. So you're an energy practitioner. Would you say? Would you describe yourself as yeah. that? An yeah, energy yeah, yeah. yeah. It fascinates me because I just think there's so much I don't know. So yeah. How come I don't know that there are nature spirits and spirits? How come I've never really considered it more fully myself you know, i know about the fairy world the spirits but i don't know enough about it i want to sort of come back into the um the ogham tree healing because again that's working with the spirits of the trees so ogham tree healing ogham is a word um which sort of uh is really the ancient irish alphabet the god ogham who was from god writing uh, to, all to do with the Dagda and, and the Tua De Danam. And in my Druid work, we we look at the Ogham trees. There's 25, 26 trees, and each tree has a symbol, and it's the symbol of this alphabet. And there's five groups, four groups that are made up of the alphabet, um, and five trees in each group. Each tree represents a letter. The fifth group is the sounds if you like the aeiou that which came in from the greek alphabet uh, mid 14th century so there are five groups of roughly five trees originally used or in should we say for the last 50 years has been used for divination so people would work with ogham cards and you would you can do readings for people for example let me just pull out uh, silver birch so silver birch belongs to the letter b in the ogham alphabet that's associated with the birch tree and um, symbol represents new beginning, change, purity, rebirth. So I was sitting in underneath my oak tree in, in my local reserve, bird reserve, or the sanctuary as I call it. Um, so I was sitting under there, chatting away with the spirit of the oak, who just turned around and he said, right, now your work is to explore scientifically and medically each one of these trees. What is it used for in science, in medicine? which means if it has that energy within its makeup, can we 
channel that energy for healing work. So really on that that session, I spent a year and a half sort of um, <laughs> on the computer, YouTubing, reading books on all the 25 trees and coming up with a great big list for each tree. So for example, with the silver birch, as well as cleansing depression diet, foundation vitality, helps in diets, new beginnings. So if you've got a new project, go and sit and channel the, um, the silver birch uh, symbol, protects mothers and their young. It also then is good for cholesterol levels, detoxing the body, it's good for high blood pressure, respiratory diseases, digestion, societies, kidney and bladder, and a, a host of other things that have all can be taken from that tree if you like, in the physical world. So you, you can use it. You can go and sit under the silver birch and just sit in this energy if you can tune into the spirit. So I'm, I'm running these workshops where it's called the Beginner's, Beginner's Book of Ogham Healing, where we learn the 25 symbols. We create a grove in our spiritual world, if you like, in the astral, where you, you will go and meet all of these trees, you'll meet the guardian of the grove, you'll meet the gods and goddesses of each tree, and we will learn to, to self-heal and heal others. It just fascinates me. I just think it's so beautiful. Yeah. And, you've, and the book that you've written is called, say it again, Tom, for Beginner's me. Book of Ogham Tree Healing. It's currently with the editors at the moment, <laughs> so I'm just waiting for that to come back. And when are you doing these workshops? Well, I'm starting one... In September, I'm doing a free taster course on the 17th of Thursday, the 17th of September. So, if anyone's interested, please contact me via my shamanic website, which is www.martyshamanichealing.com. And that's M A R T Y, shamanichealing.com. And if you send me an email through that, I can then sort of put you on the list. Then the week after, from the 24th through to the first week of December, there's five weeks, then a week off for half term, and then another five weeks. Costing, I think, between 250 I think it is, if you pay up front, or 275 And it will be held on Zoom Thursday nights between 7 and 9, two hours each session. It's fascinating, and this is unique work to you. Yeah. Is that right? Now, from what I try to find out if anyone else does um, uh, Ogham Healing, I think people are aware of you can do certain things with it. Um, I've not come across that many, or if any, websites where people do what I do. So I'm saying that I will attune you, very much like in Reiki where you attune yourself to the symbols. What I'm saying is that you can attune yourself. So yes, I'm saying come and read the book, or come on a workshop but basically this is stuff you can do yourself so in the long term it should save you money rather than doing hundreds and thousands of courses uh, although saying that i've now i'm about to start teaching my advanced course which is like the second level of it where we're looking at chakras we're looking at working with the fey we're looking at the elements bringing the elements into play because the elements are incredibly rich source of healing and information and, and whatever. So it's really sort of hopefully opening the whole thing up and saying, look, let's come and have some fun. And I, I think with all our work, Annie, I've got to say the most important thing is we don't do it. Well, we do do it because we're serious and we want to heal the world and blah, blah, blah. But it's also fun. Yes. As I said about being powerful, there's no other feeling, not even after 
a breakfast of sausages and eggs or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it, it's that thing of, you can't buy this. This, this is real, it's natural. Yes. And anyone and everyone can do it and we can feel it to different degrees. I mean, I, I worked my first workshop of um, ladies and one, one man and the results they're getting, and I'm thinking, I can't do that. But then sort of, why should they, and why should people only do what I can do? You know, we, we are all, we all have gifts in different ways and, and people will find different ways of opening up artistic skills that people have already got are being completely expanded yeah and talking of artistic skills tom uh, you make these beautiful wands oh. <laughs> talk, talk, talk a little about your work making wands well again it comes from working with the trees there i am walking out and, and again with the druid work um druid work is absolutely fantastic you learn to breathe with the land you become one with nature you learn to bring sort of the higher mental down to work with 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 the um, with the feminine, making magic, making life real. It's it brings you alive, as well. I say, so walking through the woods, hey ho, you just keep coming across branches, you keep coming across sort of twigs and things like that. And part of the druid training is you do look at wands at a certain point when you're actually on the druid part of it, of course. And I thought lockdown sitting at home yes i'm working my day job is sort of i'm, I'm head of welfare well-being in an international arts college in cambridge but i'm i'm got a lot of time at home even though i'm, I'm going in there to work and i started to think you know i can make a wand or two yes. i've made 200 since um <laughs> i am one of these people that sort of sort of when i start something that's that's it it's madness. But this is the freedom of what the Druid work, of the shamanic work, of working with spirit. I've, I've had two other books of um, fantasy stories. Um, one's called The Way of the World. Another one is A Little of What You Fancy. They're out there on Amazon and Lulu. And again, they're, they're sort of spiritual stories or humorous stories, should we say. Short stories, they're fine. I, I've got, as I said, the Ogham book that, that's been written. There's a number of novels that are in the process that are being written. So it's a, it's a non-stop love of life that you, 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 you sort of think, well, well, who am I? What am I? This is who I am. Now let's explore it. Let, let's really sort of do it. And you don't do it for other people. You don't do it for monetary value. No. You do it because you can do it or you want to try to do it. Yes. William Blake, you know, sort of a um, brilliant artist, Oh, man, never famous in his, his lifetime. Just and I do it for me and I do it for God. What what better now nowadays we say the divine rather than just make it a male sort of thing. Um, but it is that thing of, well, yeah, you do it because you can. How fun, it doesn't matter how much or how little you can do it. That's where you find, well, that's where I find the most satisfaction in life when it's yeah. just, just you, the divine. Yeah. And I mean, I... I go for walks all the time as much as I can trying to lose weight this is, just doesn't work it's back to those sausages again <laughs> but, but it's whatever whatever's on your mind you know, if, if you're trying to process something go for a walk walk in nature walk on grass walk and if you haven't got that walk the streets or if you've got a plant talk to the plant there's reasons why all these things have been said and that and they I remember the first time a crystals talked to me 
back when I was in my 20s and I had a little sort of quartz crystal. That's the one I'm talking about. Sitting beside the bed. And as I, as I, turned, I turned the light off, went down, I heard a little voice go, Night, Tom. And I went, you what? I thought it was the cat. And it wasn't the cat. It was just the quartz crystal. And, you know, and since then I, I work with crystals. I work with, work with bark, you know, sort of use anything I can. I found a beautiful a stone came to me in the back garden uh, literally a week ago to represent the divine feminine. When I look at it, there's there's a hole in the middle with the, the womb and there's a f- distorted face at the top. Real shamanic art, piece of art, if you like. And I, work, I did magic with it last night. These things just come, you use them. Yes. Fantastic. Always, before you take anything, so like with branches stuff, if it's on the floor, they're yours. If you're going to take anything from the tree, ask the tree. Don't take anything living, take anything, only stuff that is dead. What's his name? Stuart, um, who, who does a lot, I've written loads of, loads of book on the fae and on nature and that. And he says, he said, he puts it beautifully. He says, how would you like someone to come along and break off your finger? Because they, they, you, <laughs> your finger looks nice and they could do something with it. Don't. And I've got some flints for you that I can Yes, you do. Them. Yeah. And I look forward to. Sort yeah. of... <laughs> so that you can make your wands because you yeah. made me that beautiful oak one with a symbol of the ogham symbol for oak alder you, you had you, was it oh, one older? no it was um, you gave me two one yeah. for uh, my daughter jacoba yeah. and that was the older, and then the oak one was for ah, right oh oak's beautiful oh it's, it's a stunning wand are you selling the 200 that you have people might well, yeah I, I, some, so what people are doing they're saying i Give them a list of the um, silver birch, rowan, alder, ash, willow, hawthorn. Oh, hawthorn's lovely. Hawthorn, oak, holly, hazel, apple, ivy, beech, and aspen. They're the ones that I've got so far. Just drop me a line as you get through an email. If you want them, I'll take pictures of what I've got. You tell me. And there's three price range, 25 20 or £15. And then you'd have to pay post and post packaging posting what i do with them is i empower them so i empower them with the elements i empower them with the organ symbol i also empower them with the energies of that tree in in the organ work magic work also the god of organ work i I empower that in so it is a real sort of powerful wand uh i'm ready to go and you i then sorry last thing I talk with the spirit of the wand and it gives a message of what specific work it wants to work with the person. So out of all the list of the things that like oak, you know, security, protection, opening the door to expand your spirituality or, or your knowledge or your experience and a number of other things, it might just say, this one's this one is to help you in your learning of spiritual in your spiritual development. So when you're sitting there and you want to um, meditate, you want to explore an idea or a theme um, or read it, open up your circle, sit there with your, with your wand and use it. Sit there with it. Get to know it, feel it, feel the vibration of it. I mean, they can dance in your hand. And that's how powerful they can be. And again, it's, it's, it's just get to know them, get to know the spirit. It's, it's alive. I wonder, Tom, could you tell us about your work as a druid? Because I don't know. I mean, you've touched on it there with the wands and the and uh, that beautiful power, yeah. the energy of the wands and stuff. But okay. I don't think I've ever met a druid. A, a, um, and I've known you for years and years and years. But I've never met a real life druid before I mean, I, I, tell us about that because i see them as being these sort of 
people you read about in books or look at in film, but I don't really know what they do. You prod them with sticks and laugh at them. No, you don't. My experience of the shamanic work gave me the icing on the cake of life and experience. Once I started working within OBOD, and I thoroughly recommend it, O-B-O-D, and that's the order of bards, oberts, and druids. So the first section, if you like, is, is the bard work, your creativity. It will inspire you in whatever work um, and whatever form you, and even if you don't think that you are creative, you will suddenly become creative in, in so many ways. Druid is full of folklore, okay, and folk stories, and it's our history, and it's the history of druidry, it's the history of practice. So it's, it was handed down by word of mouth. You know, that's why there's no records of anything. Now all the farty old scientists to say, Druids killed people and blah, blah, blah. They haven't a clue. You know, Druids went round. They, they, they had the year of the kings, the queens. They were philosophers. They were scientists. They were the counsellors. They, the, they worked with the people, the healers, the divination. They taught whatever needed to be taught. They were the, the, that class of people, and they were many types of Druids, hence the bards, overts. And druids. So the bards were the beginners, and they were going very much like the minstrels in, in some sense, that they would recount big poems, stories, or whatever, through the lyre and the heart singing these epic tales, or sometimes very short ones. And they would have to learn hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them to go up within the bards. There was a scale of bard in those days. Or this is, and this is from information we have, because it, you have to look at the Irish. The, again, we, we go to Ireland for so much of this information because it was written down. They have records of it. Wales do to a little degree, and Scotland maybe even smaller, but nothing exists in England because the Romans just came and wiped everything out, uh, and most of Wales and that. So you will find out, you will learn about the elements, you will learn about sort of just creating your own groves, creating, you know, sort of an access to the spirit world. The overt section, the middle section, is the higgling section. And again, you're learning about astrology, the great astrologers, the Druids. It's not that, it's not my cup of tea, but I sort of got totally involved. And that's how I got involved in the Ogham thing. Because on that section, that's that's where we started to, to learn about it. And again, I can't say too much because it's, these, these are classes set within an organisation uh, and they keep them secret for a reason. But I would say, you know, if any sense of, if, if you want to live with the land and the land energy, with life energy, with spirit energy, you cannot do any harm by, by looking at become a druid. And then when you move over into the druid, it's much more philosophic. It's much, and again, all the way through this, you're, you're encouraged to work with organisations out here, out there in the world, that are doing good for, for the planet, for the animals, for, for the forests, for the seas, for the whatever. It really is working with nature. It's working sort of hand in hand and acknowledging that this, if we want to be around for another 100, you know, 200 years, let alone thousands, we've got to start doing something about sort of cleaning our act up. And it starts with the self, work with the self, cleanse yourself, and it, the, the old bubble or ripple technique, you know, it will go out and encourage people to go on marches and, and whatever, or, or sign those things are there against whatever um, 
is going on in the world. Yeah. So Drudri, um, yeah. So what, how did I? So I, I, I joined Obod. I then found in Meetup, which was I said Druid organisations in Cambridge, and suddenly there was one there. My good friend Will, and whilst there's a number of people that are part of that group, so we, we, I just joined the, the Meet. We started to meet officially last year, and again there was just a small number of us that met on on this field beside the River Cam. Underside these willow trees, where I had mistletoe. Mistletoe again is all heal. It's a it's a beautiful plant, beautiful energies. The willow tree is fantastic. In this almost grove, and we we every six weeks we go. We commune with nature, commune with the earth, commune with each other, with the spirit of love and the spirit of life. And there is a ritual um, which we tend to use the obod version of it. And then we we, we add things that we want to bring into it. And we come from all walks of life, all, all if you like, um, different types of backgrounds, different types of people. And for that hour and a half or two hours that we're together, I can, I can honestly say it's one of the most enjoyable times because you're, you're with like-minded people. You brought, you're bringing this energy in and, it, and it's fun. We're back to that word fun again. It's joyous. Joyous. Oh, yeah. gosh, it's beautiful. And the men and women. Men and women, absolutely. Um, anything in between is is welcome. Yeah. Um, there's no one that's that would not be welcome. When Obod, O B O D, can you just spell or or say again that third order of oh. bards? Ovates, O V A T E S. Oh, that's it. Ovates. Druid. Again, I think is it a French word, Greek word. I'm not sure. It's all part of the Celtic. Um, then that came from the east. I think it all started originally around Turkey or whatever and spread west through France in, into Britain. I'd stones again, my God, well, <laughs> druids in the stone circles. Yes, go there. Explore them. They're full of power. They're, oh, <laughs> they're just so exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you might be that weird person in, like I was in Cornwall. I've got my wife who's not really into this, but she drove me to this in the middle of nowhere and I had to sort of find, go across this complete wasteland of nature um, and farmland and locate these stones. And in the distance, I could see someone else walking, but on the other side of the stone. So I thought, are you coming? Is he coming? And then I couldn't see him for a bit. And we both arrived at the stones at the same time. And it was one of those, you can travel or, you know, sort of, from wherever, come to this place that no one ever goes to and meet someone at the same time. So we skirted round, ignored each other for a bit, and then the, the, you had to. We had to say, hi, hi, my name's Thomas, and my name's George. Where you come from? He came from Cambridge. I come from Cambridge. He was there to, to research a novel, and I was there to do my druid thing. And um, so we had a nice little chat, and then sort of time slips when you know that the, the these places are time you know you work in the spirit time just flies so going forward in your work then so you've got your book that's with the editors yeah at, at the moment if you go to my, my shamanic website there isn't any information on the organ i'm due to meet with the um the person that's going to do my website if you're interested in doing the workshops starting in september on the organ tree healing just on my website there's you can contact me through um that email and I will get back to you and then set up sort of um, on my normal email address. Perfect. And just once again, Tom, your website is? www.martyshamanichealing.com.
Tom, I wish you all the very best with getting out um, your book of open healing into print. It sounds like it's going to be such a resource for people for a start off. Um, and secondly, your course on the tree sounds fantastic. So I really wish you the very, very best with that. And I'm sure you'll get lots of interest as well. And good luck with everything that you're up to. Uh, you've really given me a lot of food for thought here about, I mean, I take a daily walk here when I stay down here in Suffolk with the dog. And I'm going to be taking that daily walk in a completely different way now where I'm paying attention to the environment around me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Cheers, Annie. We'll speak soon. Well, that was Thomas Marty, shamanic practitioner, healer and druid, and a very good friend. I've known Thomas over 30 years now, and I can honestly say he is one of the most powerful healers I have ever known. Do consider taking his incredible workshop on the Ogham Tree Healing and or think about booking yourself in with Thomas for a healing session. You won't regret it. All links and resources for this episode can be picked up in the show notes, which are available on my website, www.antheato.com. That's A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O. Thank you all of you for listening to Psychic Matters. We have just passed the 5,000 downloads mark, which is an incredible achievement and one of which I'm very proud of. And it's only thanks to you, the listeners uh, across the world. Thank you so much. So very, very much. Thank you for your listening ears. If you are one of the 5,000 people enjoying these podcasts, please do consider going to Apple Podcasts and leaving an honest review because it really helps with algorithms and moving the podcast up the charts. And thank you so much to all of those who have left a review so far. I mean, I've had some incredible reviews and I really, really can't thank you enough for those. They mean the world to me and they always really uplift my spirits every time I read them. So do please keep them coming. If you're lonely over the next two weeks, head on over to the Psychic Matters Group Facebook page and say hello. There is no need any longer for us psychics and light workers to feel alone or misunderstood in the world. There is a wonderful, warm community waiting to welcome you. My next podcast is out in two weeks' time and I have some amazing guests lined up. Oh, yes, I do. Amazing people. And I cannot wait to interview them. I've got two interviews lined up this coming week and I can't wait to interview them and bring them to your door. Until next time, my name is Anne Teato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. <laughs>